0: Sparrow,
1: Fox
2: Sparrow, Song
0: common? LBJ. No, not Lyndon Barry Johnson, but rather LBJ, or what I'd like to call Little Brown Job. Or sometimes called LBB, or Little Brown Bird. Greetings, I am Zan Mars, this is Aviary Paragraph, and this is our little episode, or rather, should I say, our little brown jobs. With me, as always, is birding expert, Martin Zelinas. A birders hello to you, Zan. Of course, a birders hello to you as well, Martin. And, of course, the ecology expert on hand is Tim Athilekwi.
1: It's a pleasure to be here, Zan. Well,
0: it's a pleasure to have you here. I gotta, I gotta say. Well, it's a pleasure to be here. Well, that's good. That's good. Hello, guys, and uh, how do you both find yourself this uh, this morning?
2: It's been a fantastic morning so far, Zan, and I'm really looking forward to uh, discussing uh, what we have on our agenda for Aviary Paragraph uh, tonight. Yeah, I'm just just ready for this show, man. I'm looking forward to
1: it.
0: Yeah, well, let's uh, let's dive right in, or should I say flap right in, like a bird does. Uh, so, LBJ, or Little Brown Job, now what is this term reminiscent to you, Martin? I'd like you to please describe to our listening audience at this point in time
2: what is an LBJ? No, I, I may come off as a bit of a curmudgeon here, Zan, but certainly when I hear people throw around LBJ or LBB, um, it just strikes me as being an undisciplined birder. Uh, or Or, really? frankly, being a little lazy. Wow. Uh, okay. Only kind of right. looking for those flashy birds. But, you know, uh, our environment is full of beautiful things, and sometimes beauty comes in the most mundane ways. Like... In the distinctions between our LBBs okay. or LBJs.
0: Whoa. Okay. All right. Wow. All right. Um. So, uh, Tim, LBJ. Any comments?
1: Um. You know, it's a funny. It's a funny term. Uh, little brown job. You know. Um. Right. It. It mainly. To me, uh, people use that term. It's. It's people who are basically um too lazy <sighs> to identify yes. a sparrow. But you know. Sp- Sparrows are very interesting uh, birds, and certain species of sparrows are extremely rare.
0: We did mention wrens on that, on that and list wren, wrens, wrens, as, wrens well. as well. They yeah. they fit in that
1: category. And you know, I really implore people to, to go and try to key out those sparrows and wrens because they, they're some fascinating birds.
2: Yeah, uh, and, and yeah. Tim may be able to back me up on this. I don't know if you feel the same way, but this is certainly a case of getting back to the fundamentals of birding. So, mm. every every birder uh, worth their weight in Sibley Guides knows that there are four <laughs> fundamentals. Okay. Color and pattern. All right. Size and shape. Uh-huh. Behavior. Okay. And habitat. All right, yeah, yeah. Now, relying simply on color and pattern is a little bit more of the pathway of that undisciplined birder and might find uh, mm. someone really mm. having trouble identifying those sparrows because they're ignoring some of yeah. the most amazing yeah. clues, which are the behavior, the habitat, the size and shape, which are really going to uh. pull out the distinctions, the slight differences that sure. uh, can help you really find those diagnostic sure. traits. And, and with sparrows, song as well, extremely important
1: um, as an mm-hmm. give, um, easy giveaway to what species you're observing.
0: And therein lies a very important point when we talk about LBJs, when we're talking LBJs, we are talking about reliance on certain factors of that four-pattern birding system that we all rely on so heavily in birding. Now, I, to be honest here, LBJ, I, I like what these guys were talking about here, but I'm going to go with my friends over Wikipedia on this one. I mean, I'm going to go to rely on the experts. Uh, Wikipedia states LBJ, Little Brown Job, as Little Brown Job, or LBJ, is an informal name commonly used by birders for any of the large number of species of small brown passerine birds, many of which are notoriously difficult to distinguish. This is especially true for females, which lack much of the coloring present in males. Now this uh, this is very fascinating to me. Within the birding world, oftentimes we... Uh, when we spot these female birds, because the plumage is not as extravagant as the males, they they find themselves being more difficult to identify. Have you ever had an incident where uh, you have found a female bird, in the alive, so to speak, and um, you found yourself unable to uh,
2: see it? Certainly, Zan. I think uh, up until even this past year. Some of the female uh, waterfowl species could really elude me. Uh, you, in those mixed flocks of waterfowl, the kind of similar modeled patterns, uh, especially at a distance, made those uh, species quite difficult to identify. Um,
1: for me, uh, the the difficulty in, as far as LBJs go doesn't come so much with the, um, the drab females of a lot of... Uh, sexual dimorphic species of birds but the um uh i do a lot of birding work in the um in the late late breeding season um and there are tons of juveniles Mm -hmm. everywhere and um you know juveniles sometimes are can be impossible to identify without a doubt you know um until they grow some of those distinguishable features
2: sure i i know birders who actually won't go out and bird during uh that late breeding season for exactly the reason that uh tim was just describing
0: i'd almost call that birder a plumage hog i'd hate to add more uh etymology and uh sort of uh resources for language to that birding language we love so much but i will could i I shorten that to plume hog yeah plume hog
2: you, you heard it here first. Or a PH.
1: Oh, on like or a paragraph. Paragraph. maybe a pig, a plume pig.
0: Plume pig, that's as good as well. Uh, you call it PP for short, yeah. but um, <laughs> that's enough of that. All right. So, Tim, as an ecology expert, I'm sure you've also heard of these terms, DYC or LBM. Now, what do these terms mean to you? Um,
1: so, I know a damn yellow composite that is uh, um, uh, used to... Uh, a term used for difficult to identify plants, compo- uh, the, the especially yeah, Asteraceae has yeah, is that. that, and the family of sedges is probably there's the most species within that uh, that family. Um, sure. And they can they okay. can be really hard to identify. The yeah. flowers, you know, dandelion like look almost identical, or you know, daisy like plants but there you know are numerous species within Without each of dull. those yeah
0: and then of course when it comes to those lbms you've got the dull colored uh, sort of agaric species of mushrooms that you find out i, I know you're not a fungi expert but could you weigh in on this I know, uh, Give me uh, expertise
1: so um i've worked with a couple mm. um mycologists uh individuals who study fungus and yeah. uh mushrooms lichens, bryophytes. Do they like
0: what they do, these guys?
1: They do, and I've always had just the utmost respect um, for these mushroom hunters uh, to be able to identify all these little brown mushrooms. They all look to me like just a bunch of little brown Yeah, mushrooms.
0: it kind of has that LBJ vibe going for it. Part of me, when I'm looking at these uh, mushroom hunters, these will-to-do, uh, well-to-do, sorry, mushroom hunters that are out there looking for these, I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> why are these guys out there looking for birds? Honestly? You know what I mean? A
1: lot if more we could interesting. If get
0: more uh, people, uh, you know, if we get a sample of people uh, who are looking at things like plants or things like fungi or uh, you know things like animals, and then we get them looking at birds, that would—I mean—that's fundamental. Um, I mean, well, we I th- talk about birding uh, fundamental. Yeah. Well, plants. I think
1: a lot of those mushroom hunters do it for the money too. Right. If you can find a way to make money birding, <laughs> more power <laughs> let, t- let me, Yeah, sure. let me know because sure. uh, sign me up.
0: Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, and you know it's the funny thing about it is that uh, Martin, you were talking to me a bit of something earlier. Our president, who yes. I
2: believe,
0: had a wife with a nickname LBJ.
2: L-B-J.
0: What well, was? Well, LBJ was the president's nickname,
2: but the wife, Lady Bird Lady Johnson, Bird, so also LBJ, double LBJ. Again. And when things like this start the appearing LBJ. multiple times, right? it, it just raises a bit of, you know, uh, I'm not one of those guys yeah. with tinfoil on his head, I'm not out there. Uh, sort of
0: circuitous, I'd say.
2: But certainly, at least, uh, circuitous was exactly the word I was thinking. Well, very fascinating
0: insight there, Martin, I gotta say. Now um, now not being an ecology expert yourself, although delving into birds, uh, DYC, LBM, any, any any sort of messages there for anybody out there?
2: Well, certainly for the, these plants, mm. uh, these fungi, yeah. Yeah, yeah in my mind, I'm, I'm kind of thinking, what's the excuse? Uh, how hard could it be? The plant doesn't move, it just sits there. The mushroom is just sitting there. True. us birders. Are out there trying to identify these creatures that, in the blink of an eye, can be gone forever.
0: I think I get the jizz of what you're saying there. Now, I think that this is going to be one of our best episodes. We have a great lineup for you. Tim has got a little bit of a LBB. No, that's not Little Brown Bird, but rather Little Brown Book in Tim's Bird Book Corner.
2: We have a great, we have a great Wait, show. Wait, hold on a second before you keep going. I've been waiting to open this can. Yeah. All right. We have a great show for you
0: today, though we got uh, we got some tall tales from Martin, and of course we have Tim uh, providing us with a couple bird stories. I don't know if I should call those tall tales or not. I mean, are are these uh, fictional accounts or what? What is going on here with the? I've been noticing some stories coming out of you lately, Martin, and I gotta say, I'm taken aback.
2: Uh, quite I'm, frankly, I'm gonna let our viewers uh, make that decision for themselves. Sometimes uh, we're better left mm. if our imagination doesn't really know if this came from a real place or simply that place we call the mind's eye. Well, you heard it from the buzzard's mouth. That's coming from the mind's
0: eye. And um, we also have, of course, the triumphant return of Spotter's Sound with a little bit of trivia mixed in. I think you guys are going to like this edition of Spotter's Sound. And, of course, the continued coverage of Malheur. And with that, I'm going to take a short commercial break. Uh, Tim, you want to take us out on this one?
1: We'll be right back with a uh, aviary paragraph. All right.
0: Hey, thanks for tuning in, and uh, we're so glad to have you guys here. I mean, it's, um, I gotta say, Malheur?
2: You might think that it's over the way the news is covering it, but they still have four militants uh, actually at that refuge uh, holding on, and that's got me just really wondering, when is this thing gonna come to a close? Before we bust at the seams here on this one, could we please present to our audience who
0: are just tuning in? What exactly is going on at the Malheur Wildlife Refuge in Burns, Oregon?
2: Malheur National Wildlife Refuge, one of the earliest national wildlife refuges to be established, has recently been occupied by a group of armed militants who claim to have taken fundamental issue with the federal government, citing its supposed overreaches onto cattle ranchers' lands throughout the West. This occupation has gone on for some near 30 days at this point. Many of the group's leaders were recently arrested over the past week in a standoff with police on a highway. Many of the armed militants staying at the refuge departed after that arrest, but four remain. And the story left to tell is what will happen with the last four. So I have heard
0: that Bundy one of these Bundys has recently called for the occupiers to leave the refuge, reporting that the power and internet access are actually out at those buildings they've recently occupied.
2: Then that would be Ammon Bundy, the uh, leader of this group. Has ah. actually reported, um, after his arrest, has reported that he wants everyone to go home to their families. His wife what? has also gone on the record uh, as supporting and making sure everyone knows that that is... Ammon Bunny, and those are his wishes. Change of heart. Why? Tim? Um, I think, you know, um,
1: he, from my understanding, he wants to, you know, take this battle on in court. And I think after, um, that standoff, one of his, um, his comrades, uh, (laughs) was shot to death by police. Um, Oh, my and i think you know that probably changed his perspective a little bit about about the you know about the the seriousness of you know their actions but you know i just it's it's february now and uh you know those migrating birds are starting to move and i just um it's it's got me a little emotional but you know they need to get the the hell out of there and let the birds migrate in peace um those are not just their birds those birds M.I.P. those birds are all of North America's birds and you know they can't they're
2: yeah Yeah. now Zan I think in this case people have talked about this occupation in many ways there's so many ways to express your outrage or disgust with what's happening there
3: Mm -hmm. And uh, certainly,
2: even though I I don't understand it, there are all the ways that people are are expressing their support. But ultimately, I think what it gets down to, when when we really get down to brass tacks, these are a bunch of hot-headed individuals Mm -hmm. who really let themselves go down that slippery slope, uh, really stopped thinking about the consequences of their actions, made some rash decisions, Mm -hmm. and now they're going to have to face those consequences. Now,
0: obviously, when you're talking about making rash decisions... You aren't talking about a rash like a physical rash. Rather, you're talking about a rash in terms of making some sort of decision without any predetermined judgment. Yes, Zan,
2: that is correct.
0: Okay. So, with that, I think we're going to go to Tim's Bird Book Corner uh, over here. It's kind of early in the show. I kind of want to get this show off running right, you know. I don't want to go at a jogging pace. I think I'd rather go at a running pace.
2: We're kind uh, of taking a little taxi right now, and we're about to yeah. take off in flight, just like a loon would, off of a, off of a lake or pond. That's a good... Alright. Yeah, Tim's Bird
0: Book Corner.
1: Alright, so, um, this is Tim's Bird Book Corner, and, uh, today we're going to do something a little bit different, not our, our usual type of book we review here, um... Today's book is from, uh, independent artist, um, it's a, uh, independent, pub- self, um, pu- uh, publicated work, uh, it's actually, um, a graphic novel, or a comic book, um, it's, uh, it's called Carry On, Carry On, A Crow Funeral, and it is written, penciled, and inked by Reed Soltis.
0: No. No. I heard this this book, quote unquote, that you have for us here, isn't exactly uh, a book, per se.
1: Well, um, if you had uh, been in the room just now, I kind of uh, already already went over how it's a it's a comic book, and you know how it's ah, kind of we're I doing see. something not the usual book that we usually review here. So if <laughs> no, you if you had been listening, you would have uh, you would have heard. Maybe that I and, tuned out there. I got to be honest. Uh, Go on, though, please. Um, all right. Well, let's just try to look a little bit better next time. Now,
2: I'm I'm looking at this uh, book that you brought for your corner here, and one thing I'm noticing is this is very different than any book I've seen before. It doesn't quite look... This book
0: is bonkers. ...like
2: a book.
0: I've got to be honest. Well,
2: it's... Is this a book, or is this something... Is this a
1: magazine? Uh, It's a comic book, as I've uh, mentioned several times now. Um... So it's a it's small and brown, uh, brown paper bag looks like was used for the, the cover here. Go with the LBJ theme. It's kind of a, I picked it up at the uh, Olympia Comic Fest, so it's a little bit oh, of a okay. kind of a crafty, you know, right. crafty. So it's not, right. a, DIY. not a book fest. Do that's... it yourself.
2: It's uh, you a comic book, book fest. So is this Tim's
0: Comic Corner? Yeah, we can call it Tim's Comic Corner.
1: Uh, so so. Anyways, um, moving on here uh, on Tim's Bird Book Corner. Uh, so this this book is pretty interesting. Um, it basically is uh, it anthropomorphizes crows, and from the perspective of a crow, you get to take part in a a crow funeral. So something that a lot of uh, Icterids do is they actually Uh, Have what they is called quote-unquote funerals uh, when Mm. one of their group dies Um, The birds will gather around make noises observe the dead bird um, For a certain period of time after death um, And then they eventually move on so it it almost is like if they were having a funeral so um, this what this author did and this artist I should say um is he kind of anthropomorphizes this entire um, ritual that these wild animals uh, do, and sure. you know, yeah. kind of you know puts a voice behind them? So um,
0: I gotta say, I got my greasy mitts all over this book, and I gotta say, this is one of the most fascinating books I think I, I've ever seen. You know, I, I usually when I when I'm thinking book, I'm thinking, well, here here's something that I, I might just kick back and while I'm reading, think about something else while I'm reading it. Most books. When I'm reading, I'd say maybe 10% of the time I'm concentrating on the book. The other 90% of the time I'm actually thinking about what I'm going to make for dinner tonight. You know, what am, what am I going to do with my friends going out there? Uh, this book had me in stitches over a lot of the topics that were brought up.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, there's a lot of humor to it. Um, yeah. Although the
0: Crow funeral was.
1: That part's sad, Very sad. Yeah. but, you know, they throw some jo- jokes in there to kind of lighten the mood. Yeah. And, and so this author, um, Reed Saltis, he uh, he's, um, does a few comic books, but another thing he has on his website, com is he does a lot of uh, scientific illustrations, um, biolog- biological illustrations sure. of plants and animals which okay. um definitely you see as a as an influence in his work
0: now i noticed you brought actually two other books these are all kind of since this is such a short book you decided to bring two other books to the bird book corner
1: uh, well yeah you know sometimes <laughs> sometimes gotta be honest in the in the studio here things get a little um dull from time to time and sure. you know it's nice to um to get bring some good picture books um to you know kind of to glance through definitely um
0: well, but, any amazon reviews of this book is this is this, available uh, this, on this amazon is or?
1: uh independent release so uh mm-hmm. no amazon but I, I noticed
0: you weren't using it you decided to buy the to buy uh old, go sort of old school with this
1: one y- well you know the thing is this uh this really wasn't available on ebook which i was, I was a little disappointed in yeah um, exactly. definitely a little bit of a drawback yeah. but you know i'm willing to to put up with a little bit of the, you know, mm. physical copy just, you know, so I could get a good story out
0: Personally, of it. Personally, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't probably, you know, it's.
1: If I had the choice, <laughs> trust me, I would have gone, gone online, you, you know, you gone, gonna gone, gone to eat, but, yeah. uh, didn't have that option. But, um, to close out Tim's book, uh, Bird Book Corner, I would like to read, uh, excerpt from this book um so the i'll just going to describe to you a little bit the the images that go along with the the text i'm about to read sure. um so i'm reading two pages out of the out of this book um so page one start off uh, dead crow in his tux laying in a casket with all the other crows Around kind of funky, and there, man, yeah, I and there, and there's a, a preacher crow and he's speaking upon upon the yeah, upon kind the of a dead funky crow. Book, honestly. Yeah, it's I a little funky, but but yeah. good, but good. So uh, let's see here <clears throat> to mourn the passing of our dear friend Cornelius D. Corbell, a devoted father, loyal husband, and a dedicated collector of all things shiny. The loss of Cornelius is a great one, although. <clears throat> In this time of grief, we must also take time to reminisce. So in the spirit of remembrance, a few closest to Cornelius have come forth to say a few kind words about this remarkable, remarkable bird. So first, we have what appears to be a, a Stellar's J. Okay. And then...
0: Well, all things shiny to me kind of uh, makes me think about that story about the young little bird... little. Uh... Little girl who found the crows with
2: all the little shiny things. Can I do a funny voice real quick? Sure. Is that? Huh? I kind of want to read it with a funny voice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is but, that? Um, where do you want to go with the voice? Go a little now?
0: higher. To mourn the passing of a dear friend, Cornelius de Corbel, a devoted father, a loyal husband, and a dedicated collector of all things shiny. The Last of Cornelius is a great one, although in this time of grief we must also take time to reminisce. So in the spirit of some remembrance, a few closest to Cornelius have come forth to say a few kind words about this remarkable
2: bird.
1: All right, so um on this next page Uh, there's a few, a few different birds speaking on uh, on uh, the death of Cornelius. Um, and uh, the first one's a Jay, and uh, here we go. <clears throat> Hello, I, uh, I am Jay Stella Scrub, cousin to the late Cornelius. I thank you for allowing me a non-crow here today. It means a lot. Cornelius used to tell me. You may be from a different genus, but we're in the same family. I love that.
4: <laughs> now who
0: will regurgitate the chicks when I must leave the nest? Oh, how I'll miss my husband.
1: <laughs> hey, folks, Morty Omens lived next to old Corny several years now and could have asked for a better neighbor. So um, that's just a little, little taste, and I really... Uh, if, you had
0: wow. two, if you had two words to describe this book. For me, it's 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 funky and it's wacky. Now, if you if you have two words to describe this book, what would you what would you say? What two words would you use to? Uh
1: I'd say it's a little funky, maybe a little wacky, but if I could have a third word, third word. I would definitely call it fun. Which yeah. you know is really what I'm looking that warns, for. That warms my the book, heart. I, you know. I
0: felt like honestly I was kind of looking at it from a different angle, and I kind of have cold, I was cold hearted, but uh, maybe Maybe a little, that, maybe that, a little that, bit. That reminds yeah. me to keep my heart warm. I feel like.
1: I definitely, uh, I I uh, definitely agree with that, Zan. And uh,
3: sure. yeah, so
1: so get online, get on this guy's website, uh, www.readsaltis.com That's r e i d p s a l t i s. com and uh, check out his stuff, because it's good.
2: Yeah, Animal farm or carry-on, carry-on? Oh, carry-on, carry-on, without a doubt. High praise.
0: Okay. Well, very interesting stuff. Uh, Tim, uh, with Tim's Bird Book Corner. And we're going to take another brief sort of um, what I'd like to call a commercial break. Or uh, You know, I'm not sure exactly what we're going to do here, but we're going to take it out for a bit. Martin, you want to take us out on this one?
2: This is Martin Salinas, and you're listening to... Aviary Paragraph.
0: guys um usually you, you were listening to the aviary paragraph and I gotta tell you that everybody's been talking to us lately about how much they miss spotter sound on the last uh week's uh, episode
2: we we received several emails uh mm-hmm. nothing on our Twitter um but you could certainly reach out to us there if, if you like or don't like what we're doing yeah um, or check us out on Facebook Gmail. Uh, gmail we're also an angel fire
0: yeah angel fire
2: we have a lot of different
0: um what are they called uh, backgrounds that are available to make your home page screen so we're going to get down to it and i think we're going to please our audience today and when i say please i do mean please because this is spotter sound <laughs> That's right. You know the rules to this game Uh, Sound one, it's a bird sound. Sound two, it's a bird sound and another sound and sound three. That's just a sound These two guys we got here are two aforementioned quote-unquote Experts are gonna guess on each sound and tell us what that sound is So with spotter sound starting we're gonna start you off guys. Are you ready? Martin?
1: Uh, I'm ready, Zan.
0: Are you ready, Tim?
1: Ready as I'll ever be.
0: Okay guys, Here's sound number one on spotter sound. Try and guess this bird sound. might have been tough, um, uh, Martin, you want to take a swing at that? Uh,
2: certainly an interesting beginning uh, to what we just heard there, uh, but I think there were a few notes at the end that uh, pretty clearly stated to me that that was a chickadee.
0: Okay, very fascinating. Um, Tim, want to take a
2: swing? Uh,
1: yeah, I have no idea what that was.
0: Well, you want to guess or? No. All right. um, Martin, you want to go one further on that? You want to go a little closer? Give it another swing? I like what you're saying, but you want to give it another swing?
2: Well, Zan, here in the Pacific Northwest uh, we have three varieties of chickadees. The uh, black-capped, the chestnut classic, black, classic, and the mountain. Okay. Now, given what was going on uh, in that sound I don't think it was any of those three. I'm gonna go with the Carolina Chickadee. Well that's exactly, I gotta be frank here,
0: that is exactly what that was. That was the Carolina Chickadee. That was a great guess and I gotta tell ya, uh, good start to Spotter Sound because honestly at this point in time you have one point and Tim you have zero points. And we're gonna move on to sound number two here on Spotter Sound. Tim you better catch up. I know you had that great victory two episodes ago but I will say Martin had a victory one episode ago, so you are one episode behind of having a victory because you did have that episode previous to the last episode that we had. And here's sound two on Spotter Sound. And as a reminder, this is a bird sound and another sound.
3: The pockets, when you sit down in the chair, the knife and your money comes out, so I needed yeah, uh, at least another inch in the pockets. Uh, yeah. Now, another thing, with crotch down where your nuts hang, it's always a little too tight. So when you make them up, give me a inch that I can let out there uh, because they cut me. It's just like riding a, a wire fence. These are almost, these are the best that I've had anywhere in the United States. No, but, uh, uh, when I gain a little weight, they cut me under there. So, leave me, uh, you never do have much mark in there. Let's see if you can't leave me about an needs from where the zipper uh, ends to my bum hole right, then. so I can let it out there if I need to now be sure you got the best rippers in them these are good that I have and uh, if you get those to me I would sure be grateful
0: and uh do we have any guesses there Tim?
1: well for um the other sound <coughs> excuse me for the other sound it uh definitely sounded like a uh A rural, rural American man, um, talking to his pants tailor, uh, about, um, some modifications he would like on his pants. and sound,
0: and, uh, other sound?
1: The, uh, the bird sound, um, some kind of, uh, some kind of songbird. Okay, very
0: interesting. Alright, and, uh, Martin?
2: Now, the, uh... First sound, sorry, uh, now the bird sound of Xen was a species I'm unfamiliar with, but I believe I could group it into uh, the category of warbler. Now the other sound um, was in fact our former president, LBJ, that was Lyndon Johnson, uh, talking about uh, his specifications for his pants. Well, very interesting. I'm actually, you know, what's
0: funny here is I'm going to give Tim half a point and I'm going to give Martin a point because here's the thing. If you're talking about a rural American guy, you can't get more rural than LBJ. And LBJ is what this is about. So I'm kind of doing a double entendre of what LBJ means. Little Brown job, Lyndon Bain Johnson. It's a difficult thing to distinguish for people. And here's the perfect situation for our viewers to distinguish it and kind of say to themselves like what is this sort of LBJ thing that's going on here. Yeah, And obviously everybody does enjoy a good uh, uh, sort of a sound like that. Um, as far as birds go, indigo bunting, I'm afraid that's not a warbler, so I did have to uh, give you a sort of a zero on that one, but that does make the point tally, Martin two points points. So, uh, with that, we have our third sound on Spotter Sound. This is just a sound here on Spotter Sound. I guess? Well, we're having some fun with it. Yes, we are.
3: Okay, thank you very much, John. It's been my pleasure. Okay, Windows 95 is after all just an operating system and a user interface, but the launch of the product was choreographed more like a Hollywood
2: movie premiere than a software title. In case you missed it, here's what it was like in Redmond, Washington, the day Windows 95 was finally released. Ladies and gentlemen, Jay Leno. Hello! No, it's not the
0: Tonight Show. Bill Gates invited Jay Leno to launch Windows Hello. 95 at this Hollywood-style event at Microsoft headquarters.
2: Well, Windows 95 is so easy, even a talk show host can figure it out. Hello! Hello. Hello. You got your task bar, let's go right down there. Little taskbar
1: there. You can click on there, you see, and I can change my mind. Do I go over here? This one too. I can change my mind faster than Bill Clinton. Look at that, huh? <laughs> health care, no health care. Republicans today, Democrats tomorrow. Sure, there you go. Just flip it back and forth. Back and forth.
0: Easy as pieola. That's a technical term. Pie.
2: <laughs> there were video testimonials by corporate users as well as home users.
0: Well, guys, any, any uh, guesses on that one? That might have been a difficult sound there. Might have been a difficult sound there, but um, I got I, I, I a feeling you guys might know what this one is.
1: Sounded like old Bill Gates uh, zinging Jay Leno. <laughs> 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 yeah,
2: that's interesting. Uh, Martin? That was the release of Windows 95. Okay, well, um, I'm gonna give you guys both a point. I think
0: that was pretty viable. That might have been a, a little easier than I think we're used to here on Spotter Sound. Um, so that does make Tim's score 1.5, Martin's score uh, uh, yeah, 3. But, here's the thing. We have two trivia questions here on Spotter Sound. This is a special edition of Tr- Spotter Sound. And we got two trivia questions here that might even up the score. So, Martin, you haven't won just yet.
2: Wow. I mean, toss the rules out the window. Here we go. There's always a surprise. The rules have been... When you're with Zanmars. Mars. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there definitely are. And here
0: is that first question on Spotter's Sound. This one is regarding bird migration. So. In terms of Charles Morton, Charles Morton, uh, 17th century naturalist, um... He had a theory on uh, on uh, bird migration. And uh, in his theory, where was it that birds migrated to according to the theory of naturalist Charles Morton?
1: Cleveland.
2: <laughs> that's, a, that's a good guess, honestly. Yeah. This might sound a little outlandish, but uh, if I remember the name Charles Morton correctly, I'm, I'm thinking this is a 17th century naturalist who uh, yeah. postulated that birds migrated to the moon and back. Are you kidding me? Not Are you all. kidding me? No joking. Because you're right. That's it. I'm sorry Tim
0: wasn't uh, wasn't uh, somewhere. Lo- Although that does sound like it could potentially be. It was not. Um,
2: if I is- may... Yeah. This theory was actually much more well reasoned than one might think. It's very, yeah. Uh, yeah. Morton actually estimated that the one way trip to the moon would be 179,712 miles. True. Pretty close, with the actual distance being between 226,000 and
0: 252,000 miles
2: away. 30,000 miles, give or take. So, at. His prediction of 60-day migratory routes, the birds would be reaching the moon as long as they sustain flight of 125 miles per hour.
0: Mm. Yeah, you know, I, uh, that is correct. I will say, according to PBS Digital Studios correspondent Joe Hansen, Charles Morton puts the loon in lunar.
2: Well, Xan, very interesting that you would bring up the loon on this episode, especially so close to our trivia questions. Because, if you'll recall, not so long ago, we had a question about whether or not bones of birds are hollow. Mm. Now, I know that we have great judges, but I do do think that, that they may have missed the mark when they took a point away from me. Maybe on that question. For answering that question as... Not the other questions, though, of the last episode. Birds don't always have hollow bones. Some of them are solid, I believe my response was. And it recently came to my attention that loons, being one of the most ancient of all the birds, actually have no hollow bones.
0: Now you want to talk about funky. I was saying Tim's bird book was funky. The loon, now that's a funky bird. It
2: is certainly unusual.
0: Alright, well, that gives Martin a score of 3. Or no, maybe, sorry, 4. That makes gives Martin a score of 4. And that gives Tim a score of 1.5. But, that doesn't mean this show is over, because we got a last question being a 5-pointer. And this is a big one, guys. Here's our last question here on Spotter Sound to determine the winner. This question is... How many pigeons have been awarded the prestigious Dickin Medal from the United Kingdom? Tim?
1: uh, Just two. That's interesting, yeah, okay.
0: Uh, Martin? Thirty-two.
1: Thirty-two,
0: okay. Uh, Okay, um... Now Tim, what makes you say two? I gotta, I gotta ask here before I reveal the answer.
1: Uh, you know, there's that, that scene in uh Home Alone where well it's Home Alone too, really, where the mm-hmm. um McAllister boy, uh he's he's at a, a toy shop and the 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 guy who works at the to- toy shop gives him a, a pair of turtle doves mm-hmm. and uh you know, I mm-hmm. I vaguely I could be wrong, but m- maybe he was British.
0: Yeah, right okay well it's fascinating but that is 32 so i'm so sorry tim but you did actually lose this round of splashdown martin fantastic job 32 was the right answer could i ask
2: what did you just know that off the top of your head you know i mean like i feel like you got a wealth of bird trivia knowledge in there you know funny stories Zen. uh when i was younger my very first pet was a small dog that i named commando and when i uh first started birding I actually was out with an avid birder um, and was talking about my dog, Commando, and they said, you know, Commando is also the name of a pigeon who received a medal during World War II. Uh, so when you asked that question... It uh, brought you
0: back in time. It man.
2: just kind of really uh, brought that whole memory back up. Certainly a great memory of, of Commando.
0: Yeah, I got to say, out of the, out of of the, there are tons of different of these pigeons out there. They have their code names and they have their actual name. I got to say, one of my favorites, Flying Dutchman. Um, for successfully delivering messages from agents in Holland on three occasions, he went missing on his fourth mission while serving in the Royal Air Force in 1944. A lot of these pigeons, uh, these are World War II pigeons, the greatest generation. I gotta say, the greatest generation out there, and um, I feel like I, you know we gotta do our part in sort of uh, sort of uh, given all those guys out there who are just sort of um, sort of doing their part out there, kind of respect your elders yeah you got to respect your elders you got to talk about talk about the the birding life that they experienced because they had pigeons
2: going around shooting at the pigeons and all the other stuff world war Two style stuff and certainly zen when they were alive there were more species of birds on this world and to me yeah. that is a metric that says the world was a better place sure and a lot of
0: people talk about the baby boomers and and sort of what they're doing but then when i think about it it's the baby boomers almost seem like couple of spoiled brats and when you got that greatest generation out there because the greatest generation i mean can you get can you get any better than the greatest now don't, we I don't, we
2: don't so. want to be too divisive we know we've got boomer listeners out there yeah, but at the same time we know that our listeners don't want us to sugarcoat what we're thinking here on Aviary guy we bring it to you kind of raw and unfiltered
0: definitely and um i love where you're going with that and i, and I love what that's all about if i'm going to be honest here now guys, um, I think we're going to take a brief commercial uh, break here, um, because uh, when we're going to come back, we're going to do a, just a couple stories, just a couple basic uh, stories about what's going on in our lives. Sounds great,
1: Zan.
2: Good plans, Zan. All right. Well, we'll we'll, we'll see you soon. <laughs>
0: I tell you it is good to be back and it's always good to be back here on a very paragraph we like to be back um but we like to be bird more so than anything else i'd say but more than that i'd say we even like to be birders but the interesting thing about what i'm saying there is that um with this next sort of thing that we're going to be talking about here on ap we're going to go to our aforementioned experts and discuss with them a little bit about what type of story they want to tell and then they will proceed to tell that story and uh uh, Martin is definitely, uh, if you haven't noticed in the last couple of episodes, he's sort of gone in the mind of a bird, as opposed to in the mind of a birder. This is what a segment I'd like to call in the mind of a bird and in the mind of a birder. Uh, Martin Salinas, of course, is going to express the mind of the bird. Timothy Lackoy, of course, is going to express the mind of the birder. You're going to hear two short tales, and they're going to kind of uh, express to you what this birder and what this bird are thinking at this moment in time? I'm gonna break you up with a little bit of a story before we get into that though. Lately, uh, me, I, I don't know if if any of you guys have known. Um, I met uh, a guy at uh, my local deli just a little while ago, and uh, we've been we've been birding quite a bit lately. He's he's a great guy. His name's Jason, and um, yeah, we just been birding like like a, a couple of wild. Uh, wild geese out there, honestly. So, it's sort of in the mind of the bird, in the mind of the scene there. You know, I was actually with him, and uh, we were out there birding, and he, he saw a little, a little uh, brown job, and uh, he said, no, don't take a look at that. And I said, hey, come on, the, uh, this next episode of AP is going to be on LBJs. I'm supposed to be looking at this right now. He said, no, no, come on. You don't need to be looking at that right now. I said, Jason, I, this is the, the whole point of the show is that I'm going to be looking at this. This is a very important bird. And I did look at it for, for
2: quite some time. And and what was the bird's end?
0: Uh, well that was uh got that had to have been a savannah sparrow, I gotta say. Wow. And
2: could you just describe the plumage for us?
0: Well it was um definitely a smaller bird, um, if you can picture this. It's a sort of a small bird. It was kind of low lying, sort of a small bird. Its plumage was brownish, grayish, had some tans in there. It was definitely moving around uh, with a little bit of yellow around its crown, um, with a little tiny little beak. It, it was a uh, fascinating, fascinating bird. Beautiful, Zen. Well, with that, I would like to say, um, let's get In the Mind of a Bird with Marcellinus.
2: Well, Zan, this story actually comes to you from something I had the great fortune of observing this morning. Sure. It was a cold February morning. February. Each day was getting longer, but the mornings were still a bitter cold. This morning, when a cackling goose awoke, it quickly surveyed the land, finding that its flock was still close by. They had roosted for the evening amongst the grasses and farm fields just south of the Puget Sound. And now, the cold of the night brought on hunger. The geese must find food quickly if they are to continue to survive this winter of rain, cold, and biting wind. So they take to flight in unison together, a miracle of nature. Quickly they move until they find a freshwater wetland with abundant food. Landing all together, loudly cackling so that anyone within a mile could hear. The great flock numbering somewhere between seven and eight hundred. Finds its, its landing large place, flock. Unbeknownst to our cackling goose and its kind, up in a cottonwood. Got 400 feet away was a juvenile bald eagle. A bald eagle that had learned to hunt for geese over the past year. A bald eagle that had successfully eaten many geese to sustain itself. This of course is the cycle of life, but for our cackling goose it knows that it must do one thing when it sees that eagle fly. It must take to flight itself, putting wing beat against wing beat. Raptor against goose, lineage against lineage, cousin against cousin. And of course, almost as if on cue, our juvenile eagle takes off from the cottonwood branch, bouncing as it leaps into the air. Its flight is quiet, but its presence is made known quickly as all of the cackling geese roar into a high cackle. Cackle. They immediately take off and fly quickly, wings beating, air being pushed down beneath them. They're safe this time. But will they be next? And that was my story, Sam.
0: Wow, that was, uh... a <laughs> whoa, man. Um, I gotta say, I almost feel like, uh, you should be in prison for telling, uh, you should be, uh, put, I almost feel like you should be, uh, put in some sort of sanitarium for telling a story as, as, as good as that. I mean, a lot of our, uh, more famous authors, um, oftentimes were persecuted for their works, and honestly, I'm not sure if, uh, if you're gonna get off scot-free with that one, Martin, I gotta, I gotta say, um. Uh, Tim, uh, in the mind of a birder, uh, I know you're, um,
1: you're going to tell us a little bit about that. <clears throat> that is correct, Zan. Um, so for my story, I'd like to take us back to, uh, um, a little time, um, I like to call summer, um, 2015. This particular story actually took place on, um, uh, the day of August, um, the 7th of that year. Yeah. Um, Fort Lewis, Washington, um, joint lace, joint base, Lewis McCord. Yeah, is, as joint lace. <laughs> a little slip of the tongue, if yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, 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 Um, anyways, joint base, okay. Lewis McCord, right. and, you know, let me just say God bless uh, men in uniform. Uh, Everybody
0: here at AP is giving a firm salute. Um,
1: yeah. However, you know, you feel politically, you, you support those damn troops, you hear me? Anyways, um, so this... As a unit. Yeah. As a unit, always. Um, so, uh, August 2015, 13th Division Prairie, also known as Rogers Drop Zone, also known as Training Area 14. Uh prescribed fire taking place. Um a unit uh at the south of the site, um the road was bordering all four sides was burned. And I was working on this uh, burn. Um I was patrolling the uh the north flank and I noticed something on the ground looked like just a stick or something at first, but you know, my um, my birder's eye told me to give it a little bit of a closer look. Mm-hmm. Turns out. Uh, in that eye. Yeah, you do. Um you gotta listen to the birder's eye. Uh but so, you know, this birder's eye was whispering in my ear and he said, you know, take 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 a closer look at this. Um and so I did, and <laughs> I couldn't believe it. It was a, a common nighthawk. So common night hawks um, are insectivores, they fly around at night eating bats, or eating eating mosquitoes and other insects, much like a bat would do, um, and uh, during the day they rest on the ground on or on telephone wires or roofs. But this little guy was uh, resting on the margin, the gravelly margin of a, a gravel road. And there were fire engines going blasting, uh, oh,
0: two you're, and four. No, you around? there was
1: fire engines uh, circling the perimeter, and this, this little nighthawk just stood its ground, eyes looking around. You know, I walked right, you know, within five or ten feet, would not flush. Um, and so I I let the I alerted my chain of command that we had wildlife present. At, you know, close to where we were burning the, sure. the, the ground there, the, the prairie, sure. um, and so uh, I was instructed to guard the area surrounding the Nighthawk, you know, in case it was nesting to ensure that it didn't get run over. Yeah. And so, um, in the end, successful burn, burned the whole unit, Nighthawk unharmed, never moved an inch and I actually have a, an amazing photograph here.
0: We're gonna get this up on our Twitter page. Uh, we're gonna do that.
1: This is a, a common Nighthawk. It's hard to see in the picture. You can zoom in, it's on the right side of the road. Oh and, wow. And uh, there's a gravel road, maybe um, five to 10 feet across. Sure. And on the other side of the road is a flaming scotch broom and vegetation. Yeah. This Fire came within five to ten feet of this bird, and it did not budge from a spot. Whoa. Pretty amazing, and that is uh, amazing. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll share this with you yeah. so you can uh, put it online. I gotta say, quite for, an amazing picture for
0: all the viewers out there. Uh, this picture, I gotta say, there are two words uh, to describe this picture, one of them is funky, the other one is wacky. I mean, this picture is 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 nuts, guys. This is this is really something you you gotta see for yourself. Get on our Twitter page. Pretty amazing. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Is, thank you so much for for taking us into the mind of a burger, Tim. That was uh, that was really delightful. I think.
1: Uh, you're welcome.
0: Yeah, and uh, with that, I mean, this has been very Paragraph, I and mean, we've had such a great time. Um, uh, winners of the show so far, uh, Martin Salinas has won this show, and um, I think we've had a really, really good time, uh, kind of bringing it to you guys out there. Everybody out there, and I don't think um, we have got a sour, sour face in the crowd.
1: I don't think so either, and uh, I just have to say too, you know, it's it's so much fun doing the show, you know, I look forward to it every maybe week. Maybe
0: if somebody was eating warheads while they're watching the show. They, they might have, they have a, a sour yeah, face, Yeah, or some pineapple, right. maybe if they're trying yeah, to be a little right. healthier. Sure. Yeah, cuz you don't want to you want candy is not good for you, obviously. No. But, no, um don't. definitely a great show. Um I want to I want to thank you for coming on, Tim, especially. You know,
1: it's it's always a pleasure to be here yeah. Zan. Uh I appreciate it. Of course.
0: And so um of course, you can reach out to us on all of our uh, little social medias or whatever, and uh, all that, but, uh, yeah, I think that's going to be it for tonight. Um, uh, this is Zan Mars signing off. Um, yeah.
1: Martin Salinas, get out there and go bird. And this is Tim Lecky, and it's been a pleasure, folks. Sort of
0: a, uh, sort of a casual show. All right, we'll see you later.